Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's uh, thank you, elders and and Chad and my dad. It's an honor, great honor, to be ordained today. Uh, it's uh, ordination is humbling to me because I recognize my own shortcomings and my own sins. Probably better than anyone else can rec- recognize that. So, um, especially <laughs> regarding the topic we're going to talk about today. You know, a couple weeks ago. Um, my, my wife and I, we have a, a, an island in our kitchen. Well, underneath that, we fold some kitchen towels that we keep for, for purposes in the kitchen. When our our uh, then two-year-old son, Judah, got in the habit of throwing the towels, the folded towels, down the stairs. Say, Judah, you know, we can fold them back up. Son, that we don't do that. that was, you know, they stay here. That's disobedient. And he would do it again. Throw them down the stairs. We'd refold them. Do it again and again. And one morning, as I was preparing to leave the home, he did it again. I lost it. I raised my voice, got in his face. You are not to do that. And I said, look, I got to leave. I got I to gotta go to work. So I got in my car, drove to my office, prepare a sermon on patience. <laughs> and that's the topic we get to talk about today. You know, patience is something we all need. Every one of us, I think, can recognize, yeah, I need more patience, especially during the season of Christmas. You know, and uh, in a moment, we're going to look at the story of Simeon and his patience and his waiting. Uh, But before that, we we need to talk a little bit about the concept of patience and and get a good definition before we can understand it from Scripture and apply it to our lives. You see, uh, uh, theologians in the past have kind of viewed patience uh, kind of like a middle ground between wrath and between grace. So maybe you can kind of be, you know, right between wrath and grace, somewhere in the middle. Well, that, that's patience. Well, I, I think you look at the Bible, you see something different. And I think the fourth century theologian, Augustine, African theologian, I think uh, uh, says something that helps us understand what patience is all about. He says that pride is the beginning of all sin. I think that's right. See, what that means is, Impatience and pride are inextricably linked. If we look at the Bible, what it says about God and us, we discover this, that patience is having a humble heart toward the timing of God and toward others. Patience is having a humble heart toward the timing of God and toward others. See, we need patience toward the timing of God. That's that long-range patience that we need in those circumstances of life. We feel, you know what, my, my season of singleness is lasting a lot longer than I expected it to be. Or my unemployment, or my underemployment, man, it's lasting a lot longer than I think it should. Or the issues with your prodigal child. You've been praying for constantly, and he or she has yet to turn back. Or those health diagnoses, that in the long term, it doesn't look good. See, all of us have situations in our life that requires waiting on the timing of God. That long-range patience that we need. But patience is having a humble heart toward the timing of God and also toward others. That's that short-range patience, right? We need patience in those daily in uh, interactions in life, the lines, the traffic, the slow people, right? It's that's those situations where you, you're in the line at Giant Eagle and, 
and the person in front of you has all their items checked out. And all the items, once they're down the conveyor and the cashier asks for payment, it's, it's then when the person fishes into the pocketbook to bring out a checkbook, to write a check, to give it to, maybe that's just me, okay. <laughs> but every day and in every season, we're confronted with seasons where we need greater patience. You see, where you find impatience, you ultimately find pride. See, patience is saying to God, your timing is best. And patience is saying to others, hey, you are valuable too. So today, let's look at Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22, at the story of Simeon and Jesus' dedication at the temple. So Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every man, male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. So here we see Mary and Joseph, devout, obedient, Jewish people who were obeying the the law found in Leviticus that the firstborn son was to be devoted to the Lord at the temple. The uh, Mary and Joseph could not afford a lamb, so they brought two turtle doves to offer as a sacrifice in the temple. And you'll see the temple here. Uh, in In that day, many people would come to the temple to worship, to offer sacrifices, and to hear the teaching of the Old Testament. And here we see Simeon. He's not a priest but the scripture says he is devout and he is righteous. You see, through the Holy Spirit, God told Simeon that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. Messiah, or in Greek translated Christ, means the anointed one, the deliverer, a promised one who would come to restore Israel. So Simeon is waiting, what the scripture says, for the consolation of Israel. This word consolation is a strange word to us. And then we're talking about Israel. Again, that's hard for us to understand. What does this mean? This word consolation uh, is the same word that is Jesus used for the Holy Spirit. It means comfort and it means encouragement. You see, Simeon was waiting for the consolation, the encouragement and comfort of Israel because he knew the Old Testament and he knew the history of the nation Israel. We see throughout the Bible that God 
wanted to choose a people that he could pour his blessing out upon. And he would bless the people so that they in turn could be a blessing to others. And the purpose was that all the foreign nations would see the people of God and say, whoa, they are blessed. And whoever their God is, I want a part of their God. To, be, to want a part of a relationship with a God that would bless like that. Well, if you know your Old Testament, God chose Abraham and through the nation of Abraham to build the nation Israel. And God chose Israel as his chosen people. And he said, look, you are, to, you are to be blessed in order to be a blessing. And he says, if you follow me and you follow my word, your life, your nation, your families will overflow in blessing. But if you turn from my law and you turn from my word, from my fatherly love, then you'll experience discipline so you will come back to me. But we see the nation of Israel throughout the history we see a cycle of obedience and blessing to rebellion and discipline. Obedience and blessing, rebellion and discipline. You would think that being chosen by God, being given the blessings of God would cause this nation to live up to that standard, but they don't. We see the nation of Israel being delivered from slavery in Egypt. And the following week, they worship a golden calf. We see God giving the nation of Israel a, a land promised to them. And then they asked for a king other than God their father. The kings were wicked, so God sent them judges to deliver them. God sends the prophets to warn them. Israel kills the prophets. And Israel, three different times, were exiled from their land. And God, three different times, delivered them back. Throughout the history of Israel, one mark through it all is that God is a God of patience. He never once cast them away. He never once said, look, I'm done with this. Goodbye. I'm getting a different people. No, he was patient with Israel. Look, if an employee of yours treated you like Israel treated God, they would be gone in half a day. If your spouse treated you like Israel treated God, you would be gone a long time ago. If your child treated you like Israel treated God, you would put boundaries in your life. You probably wouldn't even let them in your home. Thanks be to God that his patience isn't like our patience. Because we see in the New Testament that the church, those who have called out to Christ for salvation, we're called the new Israel. And we are now his chosen people. And through faith and trust in Jesus, we are part of God's family. But we know we fall in the cycle of obedience and blessing and rebellion and discipline. Don't we? We try to live according to God's plan according to his law, and he blesses us in our life and our family, and then we turn and we rebel, and God disciplines us to bring us back to him. Obedience and blessing, rebellion and discipline. And thanks be to God that his patience isn't like our patience. 
see, the beautiful thing about God's choice in us and God's choice in Israel is that in eternity past, God, Scripture says that God chose Israel. And God knew what he was getting himself into. He knew the rebellion and he knew the rejection. He knew the slaps in the faces and the spits in the face and he chose them anyway. And you know what? From eternity past, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, he knew you would be his child. He knew he would receive you into his family and he knew you'd rebel. (laughs) He knew you would turn from him. He knew you would slap him in the face. You would reject him. But you know what? He chose you anyway. Because he loves you. And his patience is part of his character. See, how do you know someone's bedrock of who they are? How do you know their character? You look to their past. And from eternity past, he's loved you and he's patient with you. See, God's patience is on display in his plan. His plan for Israel and his plan for your life. You see, the sweet little baby that Simeon is holding up and praising God for in the temple, the plan of God was that one day that child would grow up, come back to that temple. They would say, this man should be crucified They would pull him out of the temple and on a hill overlooking this place that he was dedicated as a child, he would die on the cross so that we wouldn't have to bring turtle doves or lambs or live a perfect life, but he was the sacrifice for our place. You see, during the Christmas time, what we celebrate is not just that Jesus came as a baby, but that God's plan was he was patient with us. And he would allow his beautiful son to grow up without sin and die on the cross for you and for me while we were still sinners. Thanks be to God that his patience isn't like our patience and that his patience is on display in his plan. Okay, how do we get this theological idea, this understanding of who God is? How do we get it into our lives? How do we let it move us to change our day-to-day? Well, I think every one of us recognizes that we all have certain amount of patience, right? Depending on our background, you know, depending on how we are raised, depending on how many witnesses there are, right? Um, yeah, I think of, I think of uh, Pastor Nate. Like, he's like the most patient guy like, I know. He, um, he, he grew up in Venezuela, and so like, if you're like two hours late, you're on time, that kind of thing. So he's just naturally patient. But you know what? If you talk to Nate, you'll know that natural patience will only take you so far. Eventually, circumstances and situations in life will dry up that patient. And you need a source from the outside. You need some other person's patience in your life. Well, we have that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have what the scripture calls an ever-flowing stream within your heart. So let me try to 
illustrate this. Imagine you are like a pioneer in the early days of the settlement of, of North America. And if you're going to find a place to build a home, you're going to want a place that's not next to a puddle from a recent rainstorm or even next to a marsh. You're going to want to find a deep and strong stream. Because you know, no matter the situations of the weather or the drought or whatever, you can always rely on that stream to use to, to provide you with sustenance and also to provide your family and the, and the agriculture with water. We need that for our lives when it comes to patience. But the good news is that God our Father is an ever-flowing stream of patience and he's given you that in your heart through the gift of the comforter, of the Holy Spirit. See, John 7, Jesus says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. See, we have that river of living water at the ready, but we must tap into that source so that that river of living water can burst out in our lives and could burst out in the lives of our families, of our employees, of our community, and of our neighborhoods. So how do we tap into that? We remember God's plan. We remember the gospel that God chose you for the foundations of the world to be conformed to the image of his son. That through faith and trust in Jesus, you've been given the Holy Spirit and you have God's power at your fingertips. You just have to turn to him and say, God, I can't do it. Help me. Well, and as I shared earlier, the, the patience is something I struggle with. Right? You can ask my wife, you can ask, staff. I mean, this is something that I knew I wanted and need to grow in. And we all need that patience. I think, so we talked about those two types of patience. One is patience on the timing of God. That's that long range patience. The big things like the terrible health diagnosis, employment struggles, prodigal children and the like. The other is the short range patience. Patience with other people, the lines, the, the, difficult, the traffic jams, not responding to my email, those kind of things. So I'm going to take a quick poll. Between, so there's the long-range patience and the short-range patience. By a show of hands, which of you find it most difficult to be patient in the long range? Okay, cool. Who finds it most difficult to be patient in the short range? Okay, a lot more. All right. <clears throat> I saw someone back there. Me, 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 me. Yeah. <clears throat> That's, that's, my, that's my biggest struggle. So what, do, what are we to do? Let's talk a little bit about patience toward the timing of God, that long-range patience. So the problem with waiting on God's timing is that we think our timing is best. Like if I pulled this room, no one in this room would say, you know, I think my timing is best. I think God should take a cue from my intellect and my view of things and like kind of wise up to my timing. No one would say that, but in our heart, isn't that sometimes what we feel? You see, when we are missing long range patience, anxiety takes its place. Are you an anxious person? Do you become anxious when you think about 
your future or the future of your children or your grandchildren or your career? See, when we are anxious about the future, what we're saying is, God, I don't know if I can trust you with that. I'd like to keep the control of that with me. For those of us in here that have difficulty giving over to God those long-range issues and needs, I want to remind you of something. God is not a force. He's not destiny. He's not some moral philosophy. God is your father. And just like a good father has good plans for his children, God has good plans for you. Think about his care in your life. Through the entire history of your life, he has been there to bring you back, to call you back, to welcome you back. And it's all been for your good. Why would he change his mind? If he didn't change his mind about Israel, he's not changing his mind about you. And he sent his son to pay your penalty. So when he sees you, he sees you as his son. You know, I think a simple prayer has helped me in this area. And you'll see it on the screen. When you begin to feel the anxiety coming about due to the circumstances of your life, pray this simple prayer. Father, help me trust you like your beloved child. On the count of three, can we read that together? One, two, three. Father, help me trust you like your beloved child. Now, the second area is patience toward other people. That's the area that I need to grow in my life. You know, I, I was wondering, like this week even, why is it that, you know, you know, I'm in Aldi, and like, you know, someone's in front of me with their car, they're perpendicular to me, and in about 2.5 seconds, like my blood pressure rises, I begin to perspire my forehead, and something about my, in my heart bubbles up where I just wish this Aldi cart had 30-inch mutter tires, I could just like monster truck over their cart and leave them in my wake. Like, why does that spring up in my heart? I'll tell you why. Because I think the world revolves around me. Me, me, me. You do the same thing, right? See, when we're impatient with other people, what we're saying is, my time is more valuable than your time. My emotions are more valuable than your emotions. My family, my circumstances are more valuable than circumstances. Get out of my life. I'm more important than you. None of us would say that out loud. But all of us experience that in our heart. You see, when we lack short-term patience, anger fills the space. Are you an angry person? You get lit up in a moment. Well, maybe deep down what you really think is the universe revolves around you. I got news for you and I got news for me. You are not the center of the universe. Jesus Christ is. And he has told us that every single person is made in the image of God. Whether it's a child, someone with physical or mental disabilities, or someone even the latest age of life. No matter who they are, if they are human, they are as equally as valuable as anyone in this world. And when we're patient with people, we affirm that in our lives.
we recognize that. We say, I will wait on this person because God loves them as he loves me. And you know what? We're all equal. This is something, this is a prayer that has been really helpful for me the last few days. It's a prayer that goes like this. Father, help me see the value of fill in the blank. blank. Tom, Janice, Terrell, Alexis, that person in front of me in line, and that guy in the red Honda. Father, help me see the value of blank. Could we read that out loud on the count of three? One, two, three. Father, help me see the value of, and you fill in the blank. Well, let, let me conclude with this. Um, you know, Christmas may be the most wonderful time of the year. It's also the most impatient time of the year. We all need God's ever-flowing stream through the Holy Spirit to wash into our lives and to give us greater levels of patience. We need extra long-term patience in the circumstances of our lives that we've been waiting on for years. And we need that short-term patience with the people, the conversations, that you will face in those Christmas parties or that family situation or the mall, it will come. I promise you, the next two weeks, you will need extra levels of patience. And I've been thinking, how can, how can I remember? How can we remember this? Well, let me try to um, illustrate it like this. So when you experience impatience, whether it's anxiety or anger, um, something happens to our bodies our heart rate begins to rise. So uh, a, a rep, normal person's resting heart rate is about 70 beats per minute. And you'll hear it over the, over the speakers. So when we in, be, begin to experience impatience, and anxiety begins to grip our heart about that financial issue or that health problem or that broken relationships, and we begin to feel the anxiety flood in and our blood pressure raise and our heart beat faster, when we feel this in our bodies, pray this. Father, help me to trust you like your beloved child. And then this Christmas, when you are in the line at the store and late for an appointment, and that person is droning on and on about something or your mom starts pushing your buttons, you begin to feel the blood pressure, your teeth clench, the anger come. When you feel this, pray this. Father, help me see the value of, and you just fill in the blank with the person you're struggling with. That's really been helpful to me, and I hope it'll be helpful to you. You know, and I'd be, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't remind people that if you are a follower of Jesus, God's patience is ever flowing for you. It will never run out. But if you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you have not confessed your allegiance to Christ, one day God's patience will come to an end. And you will have to account for your entire life before God. But the good news is, if you are here this morning and have not put your faith and trust in Jesus, God is still patient with you. Second Peter says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that you should perish, but that you should reach repentance. If you have never confessed Christ as Lord, God is still patient for you. Call on his name. Say, God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. 
I want to receive his forgiveness. I repent of my sins. Take over my life. I give it to you. Thank you for your patience. And if you do that this morning, the patience of God is an ever-flowing stream for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your patience. Thank you that your patience is not like my patience, that you aren't patient like we are patient, but you are patient beyond all understanding. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would work in our lives so that we become more patient. We become like an oasis in a dry desert of impatience, that people can come to us and rely on us to be patient with them, showing the patience of our Heavenly Father. And Lord, during this Christmas season, we thank you for your patience with us and your patience with Israel. Lord, may the gospel, that story, remind us of your great love and may it change our hearts, become more and more formed into the image of your son, Jesus, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.